0: And encouragement it is my sincerest hope that the reflections that you will hear today on this broadcast will truly touch your heart and in a way show you that your life is worth living hello my dear friends and welcome to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen presents I'm your host Al Smith and I want to thank you for joining me for this opportunity to learn a little bit about our faith together with the help of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Fulton Sheen gave many great reflections in the 1940s, uh, talking about the evils of war and how evil has its hour. And so I thought I would uh, share that with you today. And I'll continue uh, the conversation I was having with Father Lawrence Carney, uh, we introduced the Holy Face devotion to you last week, and so uh, we talked a little bit about the Leagues of St. Martin. So want to share that conversation with you today. And so without further ado, may I present to you the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen as he gives a talk titled, Evil Has Its Hour. Please enjoy.
1: Friends, The charioteers of evil are on the march. The last red embers of a sun sets on a sorrowful generation. During the last world war, Lord Grey of England said that the lights of the world were being put out and they would not be lighted again in our generation the first encyclical of the Holy Father was entitled Darkness Over the Earth, in which he likened our times to the darkness that hung over the earth when Christ was crucified and the sun at high noon hid its face in shame. In the face of the evil of the present day, some are tempted to doubt either the goodness or the existence of God. They feel that war and hate and the triumph of power over virtue puts God in difficulties and all believers in him on the defensive. But this is because they do not understand the nature of God. They falsely assume that the supreme business of God is to ensure prosperity. Like the thief on the left of our Savior... They refuse to admit that God is good unless he can unhook a thief from a cross and let him go on in his business of thieving. It is not our aim here to reconcile the existence of God with evil, for evil is due, as we know, to the abuse of God's gift of freedom. It is the price we have to pay for divorcing freedom from God. We shall indicate this more clearly next Sunday. Rather, we seek here to justify the startling thesis that God permits evil from time to time for the sake of the good, so that in the language of St. Paul, where sin abounded, grace does more abound. For some salutary lessons in these darkened hours... Let us accompany in our minds eye the Savior, into the Garden of Gethsemane. Three companions went with him, Peter, James, and John. All three he had strengthened for this ordeal by revealing to them his glory on the Mount of the Transfiguration. No one in God's kingdom is ever called to glory and to honor except for the sake of tremendous responsibilities. Bidding them watch and pray, he went as far away from them as a man could throw a stone. What a significant way to measure distance. And pray to the Heavenly Father, pledging to drink the chalice of redemption to its very dregs in ratification of his divine will pulling down upon himself the burden of the world's sin, as if he himself had been guilty of it, thrusting into his hand every open deed of evil and every secret deed of shame, as if he himself had committed them. He breaks out into a bloody sweat as the crimson drops, like so many words, write on the pages of earth, its greatest story of love and its fondest hope. After he had prayed, he came back to his chosen three and he found them wrapped both in their cloaks and in sleep. In return for his love, he had asked only one small thing, that they fall not asleep. He bade them stay awake, like centuries of earth, and he bade them pray like centuries of heaven. Everything slept about them. The city with its whitewashed walls sprawling over the hills was asleep. And all the houses of all the cities of the world, men were sleeping. Perhaps the only ones awake were a thief in ambush in the dark, ...or a fond mother at the bedside of her sick child... ...or a sophomoric youth over a cup of wine in a dimly lighted cavern asking... ...do you really think God exists? Why did the Apostle sleep? Men sleep when they are tired... ...but they never sleep when they are worried. But these men slept... And for only one reason. Because they were not conscious of the awfulness of that hour. They were prepared for external dangers. For Peter was sleeping with his sword. But they were not prepared against themselves. One can be armed and still be asleep. Armed because one fears his enemies. Asleep because he is not worried about his sins. Danger is physical. Evil is moral. Are we in America like Peter? Do we think of our times solely in terms of a physical war? Do we think of the Nazis and the Japanese as being our only enemies? If so, As our Lord told Peter, the sword is enough. But suppose that they are only symptoms of evil and sin. Then, then will the sword be enough. When we have defeated them on the field of battle, will we have defeated the godlessness from whose womb they have come? Will we in reality be cutting off only the evil fruit, but not uprooting the evil root? Do we realize how evil the times are? Do we realize that man is at war with his brother on the battlefields of the world because man first warred with God on the battlefields of his own soul? This war involves suffering... Because it first involves sin. And if we think of war only as a physical combat as Peter did, then we need to be aroused as Peter was aroused by the Savior and reminded of two other arms. Watch and pray. Watch. Be vigilant on the outside. Pray be armed on the inside with the armor of God. And taunting Peter's false confidence in the sword alone, our Lord asked, could you not watch one hour with me? In other words, Peter... There are 23 hours a day you may spend with your swords and your armaments. But can you not give one hour to invoking divine aid and imploring divine forgiveness? This plea of our Savior is the one that we have made the keynote of all these broadcasts. That is why every Sunday we ask the Jews and the Protestants and the Catholics to set aside a holy hour a day for prayer and meditation. And we ask the Catholics to assist at Mass every day and receive communion and make them both a part of that holy hour. And to anyone of any faith who is interested in a little book of prayers entitled The Shield of Faith, we will gladly send them to you. But you ask, why watch and pray? Because in time of crises, evil can be more awake than goodness. Evil never sleeps. And across the hill comes an evil man. Judas is his name. He leads a band of soldiers, Sadducees and Pharisees, bearing lanterns and torches and weapons. And Judas had already given the sign he said to them whomsoever I shall kiss that is he lay hold on him and lead him away carefully and then throwing his arms about the neck of our lord he blistered his lips with a kiss. That kiss was the most horrible sullying of lips which had pronounced the most heavenly words ever heard on this mad earth of ours. The trail of holy things must always be prefaced by a mark of affection. The kiss was the use for the first time in the history of Christianity of the Trojan horse. Oh, how religion must guard itself against those wicked influences which say that they are favoring religion. And after the kiss, Our Lord said to the chief priests and the magistrates of the temple and the ancients and those that were come out to him, Are ye come out, as it were, against a thief with swords and clubs? When I was daily with you in the temple, you did not stretch forth your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Your hour. The are betrayers, deceivers, crucifiers. Your hour. The hour for evil to put out the light of the world, for that is all it can do during that hour. The hour of wolves for scattering the sheep and seizing the shepherd. The hour of power and might and swords and clubs where in innocence and truth are beaten to the ground. The hour of concentration camps, Gestapo's, Ogipayus, the hour of the raping of Poland, the hour of sending a peace envoy with a kiss while preparing an attack at Pearl Harbor. Your hour! Your hour! Not because your weapons are stronger nor because you come armed to seize me, but because in obedience to the Father's will I deliver myself into your hands, that evil having done its worst, and therefore exhausted, might be overcome by goodness rising from the dead. Our Lord here tells us that God permits evil, which the rebellious hearts of men beget, to have It's brief holiday, even at the expense of God himself. Why be surprised? Did he not say evil would have its hour? It is not God's goodness we should doubt. It is our own. Evil does not come from God. It comes from our sin, our pride, our egotism. Therefore it will have its hour. And are we not living at such a moment in the world's history now when evil has its hour? Do not the times in which we live belong to Satan and the power of darkness? But if evil has its hour, how will it be overcome? It will be overcome not for the sword alone. That was what Peter thought. Profiting by the confusion of the guards... He suddenly came to himself from sleep, drew a sword, and struck Malchus, the servant of the high priest. It was a very poor blow, for it got only his right ear. Action is so often a poor substitute for prayer. So there are many who think that the way to conquer an evil's enemy heart is to cut off his ear. that untimely action was repudiated by our Lord addressing Peter, he said to him, Put up again thy sword into its place. For all that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Why did not our Lord use the sword? In his own defense, certainly not because by using it he might be courting military defeat. For thinkest thou, he said to Peter, that I cannot ask my father, and he will presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? His motive in rejecting the sword was not because he would not have been a match for his adversaries. He asserts that if he did take it up, he would win an easy victory. And yet, believing that, he still refuses to use it. And why? Because a physical enemy can be conquered by a sword, but a moral enemy can be overcome only by a cross. Armaments will defeat a foe, but they cannot conquer evil. That is why he refused to use the sword in an evil hour. And because that sword is not enough, therefore, we speak of the holy hour and today I wish to give it a very special emphasis. There are a number of children who listen to me, and hundreds of good sisters who teach these children the ways of God. To them I address myself in a very particular way today. I want to call your attention to the sad plight of some other children in another part of the world. Bishop Golina the chief of the chaplains of the Polish army, tells us that there are 500,000 Polish children under 16 years of age in Russia. These children once lived in houses like you and me. They once slept in beds like you and me. They once sat down to tables with knives and forks and food to use them on. Like you and me. They once used to dress for school and come home to their mothers and fathers, like all school children. But today, three out of four of these children are orphans. They are dying by the hundreds for want of a piece of bread which we would throw to a dog under our table. They are too sick to be homesick, too tired to play, too hungry to laugh. And their plight is undoubtedly no worse than the hundreds of thousands of their little fellows in German-occupied Poland. They have only one thing in common with you. The faith. Would you pray for them then every day at home and at school and add an invocation to Our Lady of Czestochowa, the patroness of Poland. Ask Our Lady to intercede to her divine son that they one day may be freed from their exile and brought back home again. As Mary once lost her own child for three days, so she has now lost 500,000 of these children for three years. Tell her not to look in the temple for them, for there are no temples for them to hide in. Tell her to look for them in a land where they do not belong. Do that, please. The Poles are a great people. They have suffered much in this evil hour. Would you want to be back home if you were a prisoner in Japan? Well, these little ones want to be back home again. So I say, pray. Pray, Pray, evil has its hour. Can you not watch one hour for them? God love you.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me for this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I think Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen gave us so much food for thought, and he implored with us to pray the Holy Hour. And we have been blessed here at Radio Maria to, uh, of course, share the beautiful book uh, that has been reproduced uh, by uh, the good folks at Bishop Sheen today. Uh, The book is called The Holy Hour Prayer Book, Could You Not Watch One Hour With Me?, Uh, by Fulton Sheen. Uh, It has been a number one bestseller on Amazon for quite some time. And uh, of course in the United States of America there has been a great Eucharistic revival. And in fact there's been Eucharistic revival all over the world. And so this beautiful handsome book, The Holy Hour Prayer Book, is a welcome addition to your own personal library. And so may I invite you to visit Uh, bishopsheentoday.com. There's a website there, and it'll provide you all the links to uh, purchase that book. And what I love, it's under $10, so it's very affordable. And it's available in hardcover too, so um, please give that a look. Again, the Holy Hour Prayer Book. All right, uh, I've been speaking with Father Lawrence Carney about the devotion to the Holy Face, and uh, what a better way to combat evil Than the devotion to the Holy Face and praying the chaplet of the Holy Face and uh, just falling in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so let me share with you now this conversation I had with Father Lawrence Carney about uh, the leagues of St. Martin. Please enjoy. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. And I have uh, the good opportunity to. Uh, speak with Father Carney once again. Uh, Many of you heard our conversation uh, last week as we talked about the Holy Face of Jesus and the devotion to the Holy Face, and uh, many of you uh, wrote me and asked me to uh, give you more of a how-to type of presentation. Uh, You wanted to know more about the chaplet of the Holy Face, uh, the different sacramentals that are part of the devotion, uh, some books you might recommend. So, uh, we're here to answer those questions today. We're here to give you some resources and to assist you in this journey. And so, I want to welcome back to Radio Maria, Father Lawrence Carney.
2: Mr. Smith, thanks for having me again.
0: Oh, you're welcome, uh, Father Carney. We look to you as a great resource person. Uh, You have written an excellent book called The Secrets of the Holy Face, and it is available through 10 books, and we highly recommend everyone get a copy of this book because it uh, tells a story, a great story of how God so loved the world that he sent his only son, uh, but he sent his son to show us his face so that we would be saved. And so uh, you have a great love for spreading this devotion. And um, again, we'll begin with, uh, again, how people can um, sign up uh, for the Holy Face devotion. People keep asking me, oh, I've heard Father Carney recommend that I should join the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and uh, the Confraternity of the Holy Rosary uh, Father, spend a few moments talking about these two um, great organization, I like to say organization but movements in the church, the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and the Confraternity of the Holy Rosary, and why it's so important It's so important that we uh, join and sign up for these uh, beautiful apostolates.
2: Dear Mr. Smith, So I just want to answer simply at the very beginning of this answer, how do you sign up for the Arch Confraternity? there is a application and we have a PDF on our website. If you go to Ecclesiastical Enrollments, so it's church enrollments and we have the Arch of or the Holy Face and there people can pull it up and there's many ways they can present that to tours. They can print it off and fill it out. It has, It's in French, but it has English subtitles and they can simply take a picture of it and email it to the email that's on the form or they can print it out and fill it out and mail it by normal mail or they can even send an email to the website on that form and that's how they do it and then for the confraternity of the rosary they can go to our website and we have different regions in the U.S. where the Dominicans will take their enrollment and that's I think mostly done online there's maybe one region that is still paper so going back to the why of the arch Comfraternity of the holy face well it's an arch confraternity that's very high in canonical order of group. so the highest group is a first order of religious that would be priests who are Dominicans, priests who are Carmelites. And then the second level is second order. That would be sisters, Benedictines, you know, sisters who are Dominicans. And then a third order would be lay people who would be Carmelites. And even priests could be a third order, secular priests could be a third order of Carmelites. And then the next level below that is an archconfraternity. So you see how high this army is in the, canonical, in the canonical system. So why should one join any of these confraternities at all? Well, it's just like enlisting in an army. If you're gonna fight officially for your country, you need to enroll. And that's why men are called enlisted at the bottom ranks in most militaries and then officers are commissioned. Because the president or the the king is the one that, in a way, uh, knights them. You know, like the king would take a a, a a sword and put it on their shoulders as a symbol that he's appointing them. So we, in a spiritual way, we enroll so that we can be soldiers and have that connection formally with Holy Mother the Church and to fight as an official army that's been approved by uh, the highest person in the church, which is the Pope. And so the Archicompaternity was established as an Archicompaternity in 1885. It existed in 1884, but Pope Leo XIII elevated it to an Archicompaternity. So when I saw this devotion For the first time and I was reading it, my priestly sense just went on fire. It's like, whoa, this this is a whole army that nobody knows about. And we can simply sign up. This was before COVID. We could simply sign up and and fight for the reverence that's due to God, to his face, to make reparation for that what's due. And then when I saw that this had all these canonical things and that Jesus was telling Sister Mary St. Peter how she has to talk to the archbishop and how it needs to get approved by the church and how she's suffered so much for doing that. It it just spoke to my heart. And it's like, I got to be in, I've got to lead an army here because it's already all the, the, the rules and how to do it. It's all there. It's just, we need to promote it. So, I mean, is that pretty much what you're looking for? in that question in your question
0: oh yes because i mean i speak from personal experience uh, my good wife and i enrolled in the arch confraternity of the holy face we went online we found the application and we mailed off the application and uh, a few months later we received uh, from the arch confraternity a beautiful certificate uh, of enrollment uh, saying that we were members uh, a few little um uh, beautiful items. Uh, again, a holy face crucifix, um, a, a, a scapular, uh, a booklet. So it was just a beautiful um, uh, presentation when we opened up the envelope. Uh, but then we started to realize, wow, we are joining a group of people uh, that include St. Therese uh, of the child Jesus and the holy face, her father, uh, St. <laughs> her father um you know um again the, i want to say the whole martin family practically but there are saints in this arch confraternity and i thought wow and i looked at what was required to be a member you know i'm um you know i don't want to um i'm, I'm not saying i'm lazy i'm just saying i'd like to um you know uh enjoy my time but the commitment was so it was just it wasn't that much i mean to be a member of the Arch Confraternity and to enjoy the, um, the blessings uh, and the graces attached to it, we say one Our Father, one Hail Mary, and one Glory Be uh, to uh, be a part of the Arch Confraternity, and we say just three simple prayers, sit nomen domini benedictu, vada retro santana, now I pray them in Latin, um, but again, it's um, a beautiful thing, blessed be the name of the Lord. And get behind me, Satan. And those beautiful passages from scripture, Lord, Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved. And I thought, wow, that's two minutes a day to be a member of the Arch Confraternity and to receive all these blessings. Sign me up, sign me up. And so, of course, I always say to people, it's one of the easiest um, devotions. And I think this is what our Lord knows our hearts. He wants us to know what, do what is easy. Now, as you journey with the Holy Face and Our Lady, uh, you see the difficulty and the challenge of the mission. But to sign up and to receive those graces blessing, blessings, it's easy. So again, at your website, Father, um, it's simply uh, www.martinians.org. Uh, you have that tab about how to sign up for the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and the Confraternity of the Holy Rosary. So um, like I say... Um, Heaven is built on a hill. We need to climb, uh, but it's an easier climb when you've got people with you, behind you, uh, both the living members of the Arch and the deceased members. Uh, of course, that includes St. Therese and St. Louis Martin. So uh, God is good. God is good. Anything else, Father, that you may add to the um, uh, conversation about these two uh, great organizations, and again, great movements in the church. Um, I know that uh, my patron is um, is Blessed Alan de la Roche. I took on his name when I was confirmed, and uh, and I host a Holy Rosary program for the last 20 years in Canada. So I think that I always say, be careful what saints you choose, but uh, they will get you involved. And uh, of course, St. Therese chose the child Jesus and the Holy face. And we're talking today about this great devotion, but I know you've been, have you been to tours father to uh, go no. to the, um, I guess the home of the arch confraternity?
2: No, I plan to go there in May. All so right. Soon.
0: Good. We'll pray for your trip. We'll pray for your trip. And I was told uh, to be patient uh, that it does take time to uh, receive your enrollment certificates. Uh, but God keeps the registry so uh, when you send off your uh, enrollment let's just say I'd like to say God is is the master bookkeeper and you are enrolled but it may take a while to receive your certificate but um, be patient they will get to it I know they're they've been busy they've been busy over the last couple years especially uh, with this rise of this devotion so all right now, I just came from a conference of 300 attendees, and they came to uh, my table where I have the relics of the Holy Face, and uh, many of them uh, purchased chaplets and wanted to know how to do more. And so I directed them to you, your website again, Father, um, again, www.martinians.org. And they, saw, they can see that there's levels of of participation and um I know in the church, that's what you're always going to have. You have the people who just want to, you know, receive a newsletter, know about the movement. You have other ones that want to say the prayers. You have other ones that want to um, form little chapters and have a monthly meeting. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that, because I think this is where we want to meet our listeners where they're at. Again, some go all in. Others want to just pace themselves. So, uh, you've uh, set up a beautiful system uh, of uh, these five levels. I like to say of participation within the League of Saint Martin, from you know subscribers, defenders, archers, captains, etc. So, Father, let's talk a little bit about um, you know different ways to participate in the spiritual life of the League of Saint Martin.
2: Sure. So, I tell people. The League of St. Martin is an ecclesiastical um, pious association of the faithful, and we're a private organization in canon law that our bishop knows about, so we're very low. We're second from the lowest on canon law, so we're coaches. We're not the ones that made up this devotion. We're the ones that promote it, so we're on the front line trying to bring people into becoming Confraternities themselves so I when I was little I liked to play war with my brothers and and neighbors and I would put little um like the the, I would look in the encyclopedia for the air force and I would have different levels of the of you know air force people and I would make everyone a private and I was the sergeant because I was in charge and then when we fought, we would have ceremonies of elevation, and if someone was really bad, we would demote them. So this system really encouraged uh, the boys of the neighborhood to, to 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 think about battle and to fight. Well, now this I'm using this in a spiritual way. So we have different levels. We have subscribers at the lowest. Then we have defenders. And then we have archers and then we have captains and then we have arch captains and then other captains beyond. So with the subscribers, that's simple. When someone wants to subscribe, they basically give us their information, their email, and then they will get an email from us. We don't send out a monthly or quarterly or periodically. We send it out when it's needed. We don't want to flood people's emails. But if people... Want to subscribe, then they're going to know what's going on. So, for example, we had our annual Conference of the Holy Face in Wichita. It was November 9, 10, and 11. We sold out this year the first time. This was our third time. And people, we don't, they don't really find out about this unless they're subscribers. And if they look at their emails when they get one from us, we tell people now you can register. And so the the registration to come to our conference was slow, but we, in the last two weeks, we sold out. And so if people want to know about that and other things that are going on, then they should at least subscribe. There's no commitment on their part. They can delete the emails, they can read them, that's it. And then the next level is actually when those who want to become defenders, they get engaged in becoming um, people that will make reparation. So we have some instructions about what their duties are. They're very small, but they basically have to make reparation when they hear about blasphemy, when they hear the Lord's name said in vain. So, and they're also told if they're like a father of family, they have to correct their spouse and children if they're blaspheming, because that's direct authority. They have responsibility for them as subjects. And the mother, the same for her children, a teacher in her classroom, especially in a Catholic school. And anybody else that wants to be a defender. And it, I got this from the revelations of Sister Mary St. Peter, where God wanted to have a group called the Defenders of the Holy Name of God. Well, there's no group that formally enrolls people to become defenders. There's no group that the church has approved to do that. The arch of the Holy Face um, doesn't call these people that enroll defenders, but we do it informally. We don't, and we, when people want to become defenders, we simply say, great, we'll take that application and that's it. We don't send them a form or a certificate. So we're not in charge of that. We don't want to be in charge of it. We're just helping people to learn the spirituality of being an offender of the name of God. The next level is archers. And I decided to call them archers because of the golden arrow prayer. The golden arrow prayer, Jesus told Sister Mary and St. Peter, was like shooting a, an arrow, a sweet arrow, that would win the sacred heart to open up the sacred heart, to pour out graces. So when people become archers, there's a lot more involvement. They need to enroll in the arch of, of Holy Face or a of Holy Face. And they need to fulfill the six requirements. One of them being the monthly meeting. So you you gotta pray together in order to defend God in, in, a, in a formal way. That's what Jesus was telling Sister Mary St. Peter This army, and he was setting it up this way. So they're archers. Then there's captains. So if there's no group, there's no monthly meetings happening in anyone's area, this is when a captain needs to be nominated and they can nominate themselves. And they need to fill out a form with their phone number and and stuff. And then I will call them and have a conversation to see if they're ready, see if they have a good fit. We like our captains to be well disposed to reverence. And that is also the Latin Mass. If it's available, uh, we want them to love the Latin Mass, not to hate it. If they hate it, they're not going to be a good fit because the aims of the League of St. Martin are reparation, reverence, and reversion. So reverence is having a great devotion to the face of Jesus and the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And the Latin Mass, I hope that it comes back strong someday. So that's how someone becomes a captain. And once the captain is approved by me, after they have their first meeting, they give me some information like the city they live in. And and we put that on our captain role. And then we put that on our map. We don't put anyone's address down because we don't want anyone to be found. We just put the city and the year that they became a a group called, we call them chapters of the League of St. Martin. Okay, so then there's captains. And then when there's a lot of groups in an area, there are a lot of leagues, I call them, then I make an arch captain. So we have three of them right now. And they the, the arch captain then communicates with all the other captains and then reports directly to me. So it has that chain of command. So I'm not directly talking to all the different leagues that are starting. And then there's higher levels, and these are really important. So there's an arch captain, and then there's a cardinal uh, league, and then be a cardinal captain, and we have a papal league and um, papal captain. And the, the goal is there is that these captains have a good relationship with their local clergy, so with their bishop and the priests, because the goal is that they become a confraternity themselves, independent of the League of St. Mark. And, and this has to develop w- with a good relationship with their bishops, because the only way to start a new confraternity, the Archbishop told us, the Archbishop of Tours, is they have to fill out statutes and submit them to the local ordinary And then he approves of them. So if if one of these groups is in Diocese of Wichita, Kansas, they would make statutes given to the Bishop of Wichita, Kansas. And if he approves them, then they become a confraternity. And that's way up high in the canonical system of of governance. And so they get really powerful when they pray that, that way, that formally. So I hope this system makes sense. I don't know if you have any questions about it.
0: Well, it does, because I think, again, it comes down to people are saying, I want to promote this devotion. Yes, there are blasphemies everywhere. I go to the grocery store. I go to the mall. I hear the name of the Lord taken in vain time and time again. And we can combat this uh, beautiful work of making reparation And counteracting these blasphemies. And when you mentioned about the defenders, uh, we all can be defenders, uh, defend the holy name of God, and we can't be silent anymore. We need to uh, fight, uh, engage them in battle. And fraternal correction goes a long way. It's amazing when someone uses the name of the Lord in vain, and then you correct that person, they go, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize that. And sometimes they don't know what they're doing. And sometimes they do. But we have to make that correction. And so being a defender is just uh, something that we can start with. And I can see why you've incorporated that into the League of St. Martin. I think many people uh, would probably um, lean toward the archers, um, um, a moniker, I like to say, those who like to pray. And uh, there are many people that are saying, I can pray. Uh, I may not be able to go to meetings at a church, but I can pray. And uh, that is something that's very beautiful. And uh, I know my wife and I, we um, we just started praying during COVID, praying the chaplet to the Holy Face. Because uh, when we received our little um, you know, package from the Arch Confraternity, Uh, they made it very clear um, part of your duty of being a member of the arch confraternity is to pray, um, to wear, um, you know, a a small effigy of the Holy face, be it the Holy face medal or the Holy face crucifix. um, And of course, uh, but to, uh, to promulgate or promote the devotion, all of these things. And, you know, uh, whenever I, um, Give a presentation. I try to bring all of these beautiful uh, sacramentals, these blessed items, and I encourage people to pick up, um, you know, uh, again, a good supply of them. Uh, I said this would be a show and tell. And I always say, you know, uh, chaplets of the Holy Face can be uh, simple plastic beads. They don't have to be the gunmetal uh, version that you see out there. Uh, there's other people that sell uh, beautiful uh, chaplets. Uh, again, you can find them uh, in many places, but uh, still, uh, it's one of these things where I strongly recommend everyone to uh, pick up a Holy Face medal. Uh, there's a beautiful devotion, I mean, and grace is attached to wearing the medal, and we'll do a program uh, about sacramentals, Father. I know that uh, our time flies here at Radio Maria, and uh, we just get started, I think, talking about uh, different uh, things about the holy face and we'll of course have you back but before you go uh, i want to bring people uh, their attention to the manual of the holy face um, and i think there is uh, many of your questions will be answered by picking up a copy of the manual of the holy face and i said, kind of say to people uh, if you want a book that contains beautiful litanies beautiful prayers beautiful devotions uh, then the manual of the holy face has that And it also has the history of uh, all the Vatican documents. And uh, I like to always say this is church approved. This devotion uh, has a great canonical history. Uh, Pope Leo XIII, of course, um, um, gave his blessing to this arch confraternity. But this manual, the Holy Face, is a must in everyone's library. So uh, we want to spend just a few moments that we have talking a little bit about this uh, manual. Uh, Father, I know you've uh, recommended this manual time and time again, and I know that you've uh, put together a beautiful leather-bound edition of this manual of the Holy Face, and it's available on your website. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about the manual. uh, Why we uh, before we head off to a break here at Radio Maria?
2: Sure. So I found the manual online, and we found there were two copies in libraries in the United States. So I I asked for an interlibrary loan and it never came and I asked them please send it to us and they said no we can't anymore. So I found out the devil does not want us to get this. So my idea was let's take the whole book that's online and get it printed out so people can have it in their hands. It's no good To continue to look at a computer when one wants to pray, it's nice to have a book they can take with them into a chapel or into an oratory or outside. So this book simply gives the six conditions of being associated with the arch confraternity. And to touch back from what you mentioned earlier, if you enroll and you don't receive enrollment, God's already received enrollment. And that's why there's two steps to be inscribed on the register of the oratory of the holy face. So that's enrolling. And then the second one is receiving the rule with their certificate of admission. So you see how that is? That's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. And and then we're we're two are 2 two-thirds of the way done. One third of the way done, two-thirds to go. And then you mentioned every day that recite the intentions of the Archconfraternity in Latin or English, a pater, ave, and gloria. The Lord show us that face and we shall be saved. Wear an effigy, you said the fifth one to go to the monthly meetings as far as possible, and the sixth one to propagate to the utmost of the power, the devotion to the suffering face of the Lord. So this is how the church wants members to live as the arch confraternity has it. So this is how heaven wants us to live it. It may be hard to go to the monthly meetings if possible, but the more effort we put into it, the more generosity and abandonment and mortification that we have, our prayers are gonna be much more efficacious. And then just very quickly, this was given the approbation of the Monsignor, the most Reverend archbishop of Tours and the English edition was printed in 1887. So I just like to simply recopy it. I don't like to make it into any other fancy typeset because they've done such a good job. And then there, the table of contents says it all. There's four parts. The first part talks about the history. It's a very quick summary. And I read this over and over from cover to cover. So I go through this all the time so I can pick up new things. Like you mentioned, how this has been approved by the church by Pope Leo Thirteenth, And just last night, I was reading a long list of cardinals and bishops who approved of this so i'll show you there's just a a list of them right there in france there's his eminence cardinal gilbert archbishop of paris and then we have more in france and we have belgium and italy and spain and then we have switzerland and austria england ireland i love this united states his home his eminence cardinal mccloskey archbishop of new york So, I'm sure some people know about him and Monsignor Gibbons, the Archbishop of Baltimore. So, it's so neat. And I think priests, I think it's it's invaluable for priests that they see this, that it's not just something that fell from the sky and it's just a private devotion that people are following. And priests don't really have time for that. I can understand. But this is just so fundamental. And then it talks about the litanies and forms of prayers. There's two litanies of the Holy Face. There's a cons- two consecrations to the Holy Face. There's the formulae that Mons, our uh, Venerable Liedel-Pont used when he took oil from his burning lamp in front of the Holy Face and healed over 6,000 people with certified miracles. There's a prayer of Pius Ninth, And then there's other devotions, the Stations of the Cross and meditations with the Holy Face and the Rosary and the little scapular of the holy face the little chaplet of the holy face and the little sachet so it can go I can go on and on it's just a rich deposit and people can simply have one of these and it's a great investment for a lifetime and that's why we put them on leather covers we have a young man that makes them so he can have a little bit of an uh, of a living to uh, a means But we want these books to be special, not just something you buy and then you put it on your bookshelf and don't ever look at it again, but something that's very special. So I hope that helps.
0: Oh, it does. It does. And we're coming up to our break here, Father. So we're going to have you back. We're going to talk more about the Manual of the Holy Face. And uh, we just uh, scratched the surface today. So uh, we'd love to have you back here on Radio Maria. And a reminder to everyone to pick up a copy of the book, uh, The Secrets of the Holy Face by Father Lawrence Carney, available on TAN Books. And uh, again, uh, we ask you to uh, visit the website www.martinians.org to find out more. Uh, Father Carney, could you uh, end this segment with a blessing?
2: Sure. In nomine Patris et fili spiritus sancti Amen. Sit nomin domini benedictum et ex hoc in saeculum. Domine exodia rassina meam et clamor meo sataivinia. Dominus fobiscum et benedicti potentis patris et fili spiritus sancti descendus super. Vot Mania Center. Amen.
0: Amen. You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Well, my dear friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Father Lawrence Carney, and we'll continue that conversation next week. Uh, I'm I tell you, I, I am very very blessed to have found the Holy Face devotion a couple of years ago. Um, I really understand the need to make reparation uh, for the blasphemies against our Lord's holy name, uh, the profanations of Sundays and Holy Days. Uh, There is a lot to pray for, so the chaplet of the Holy Face makes sense and the devotion to our blessed Lord. um, It is needed today more than ever. Uh, Father Carney's website is uh, www.martinians.org. And there you'll find uh, lots of information on the League of St. Martin and the Holy Face. And I have a website called holyfacemiracle.com. And uh, because there have been so many miracles with the Holy Face, so I would invite you to um, spend a few moments at the website and uh, learn a little bit more about the Holy Face. Uh, My dear friends, again, uh, I encourage you to prepare for Lent. It's only a few weeks away. Uh, Pick up some good holy books and have a plan. And uh, again, you will find many of those holy books at our website, bishopsheentoday.com. My friends, have a great week, and until the next time that we meet, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.